It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And thanks for listening to the Money Pit Podcast. Today's Money Pit Podcast is brought to you by Generac Power Systems and the Generac Automatic Home Standby Generator. When severe weather threatens your area, make sure you're protected from power outages. To find out how, visit your favorite home improvement center, call 888-GENERAC, or log on to NeverFeelPowerless.com. That's NeverFeelPowerless.com. Now, on with the show. And floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now because we are here to answer your home improvement questions to solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas to help you become a successful home improver to prevent you from becoming a do-it-to-yourselfer by tackling on a project that's too big, too bold, too whatever <laughs> to come out right with your skill set. We can help you get around all that. But you've got to help yourself first with a phone call to one eight 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 money pit where the advice is worth far more than what you pay for. From drains to decor, <laughs> give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one of your problems might be, I've run out of space in my house. We can't fix that. Well, we can help you make a bigger space. <laughs> we can. That's true. <laughs> if you are running out of space, you might want to look down and think about upgrading your space below grade. You know, a finished basement can add a lot of value as well as square footage to your home. So coming up this hour, we've got some tips on a finishing system that makes this very simple, very safe, and very easy, and very quick. And also ahead, you know, a good drill is a must-have for any do-it-yourselfer, whether you're a novice or even an expert weekend warrior. But you also need to know what drill bits are key to doing just about any repair or improvement job. So in just a few minutes, we're going to get a drill and drill bit primer from this old house's general contractor, Tom Silva. Also ahead, heat and humidity have plagued a lot of the country this summer. It's been a scorcher, and you may be wanting to retreat indoors for comfort. But you need to make sure your home's air quality is up to snuff because the air inside your house, according to the EPA, is actually more polluted than the air outside your house. Isn't that a pleasant thought? It's so nice. (laughs) The good news is, though, there is a new system out that can actually make that all go away. We're going to tell you about that in just a bit. Plus, this hour, we're giving away everything that you need to get started on your new floor installation, courtesy of Lumber Liquidators. We've got a do-it-yourself flooring kit that includes a hammer, spacers, measuring tape. You name it, it's got it. It's worth almost 60 bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Dan in Florida, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I want to put a... Cupola, on a, a roof on a cupola on my shed, and I want okay. to put a weather vane in the center of it. And I want to okay. know how to set that up so that the weather vane will be adequately supported and uh, not create a vibration through the building. 
Well, how big is the shed? Uh, 10 by 16. 10 by 16. That should be plenty stable enough. You know, I put a cupola on uh, on our kitchen roof, and it was a pretty easy project. We used uh, one that uh, was pre-made. You can order these online. You can buy one from a craftsman. And it was already um, pre-notched out. We had to adjust the angle of the notch for the angle of the, of the pitch of the roof. Uh, what we opted to do was basically put it on top of the solid roof, and we left some space under it so water that got into the cupola could basically run through and out under the bottom of it. So it really wasn't sort of part of the structure of the roof. It really was mounted on top of that. And then over above that, we mounted the weather vane. It never um, added any type of significant weight or wind pressure. has never been an issue. There's never been any vibration. So I think with a 10 by 16 building, you ought to have plenty of stability to install that. How did you how did you mount the weather vane on the top? Uh, there were brackets that mounted it uh, right to the top of the cupola itself. It actually uh, went down through the middle of the cupola roof, and then there were a couple of brackets that supported it right in place. So it was all sort of one uh, kind of kit unit. You know what, Dan? If you are going to build it yourself, there's actually a website that sells all sorts of mounting hardware for weather vanes, and it's gidesigns.net. They've got everything for all situations. All right, that's what I was looking for. I thought that uh, I was on the right track. I just wanted to back it up a little bit. All right, Dan, we're, we're happy to do that for you. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we're heading over to North Carolina, where Linda has a log cabin. What can we do for you? Yes, we have built a log cabin about two years ago here in North Carolina, and it's not up in the mountains area, but um, the four by six posts that are used to make the stairway going up to the second floor have begun to have big cracks in them. And I wondered what we should do to uh, uh, correct that or or stop it from cracking or fill it in or what. (laughs) Well, you know, Linda, there's a technical term for those cracks. It's called charm. Oh, yes. When it it comes to log cabins, (laughs) those logs are designed to check. They're designed to crack. And that should not affect uh, significantly the strength that they provide you as support posts. Uh-huh, right. I You're don't not going to stop but... them from splitting. You're not going to uh. be able to glue them back together. That's a natural process of the drying out of the log. I see. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Okay, and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's not structural. Okay, yeah. Oh, I thought maybe it'd be better. It just doesn't look very pretty, but I thought maybe I could well, fill it Well, but some something. people, you know, so when, you, when you're going to uh, have a wood house, Linda, you want to look at some of those natural features in the wood and the cracks and the checks and the knots and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's all uh-huh. part It's all part of the process. And anything that you could add in, Linda, would just dry out and split. Yeah, right. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, I love people that want to have like wood houses and wood furniture and wood tables and wood paneling, all natural raw wood, but then they complain about the knots, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cracks. You know, if you're going to have that kind of natural material, you're going to have those types of imperfection. That's the way Mother Nature made it. That's the way it's going to be presented. And I wouldn't call them imperfections. I feel like a lot of that adds to the beauty and the depth of the piece. And the charm. So enjoy it. Seek it out. It's what makes it unusual and a truly unique individual piece. Good point. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it's official. The summer is almost over. So with a few short weekends left, let us help you make the most of whatever projects you want to work on. So we are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you running out of space in your house? If so, look down. We're talking about your basement. We'll have tips to help you tackle a basement makeover next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatru Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatru.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should be part of the Money Pit. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Not only will we do our very best to answer your home improvement or your repair question right here on the fly, no prep work, but you will automatically be entered into our random prize drawing. And this hour, we're giving away a do-it-yourself installation starter kit courtesy of Lumber Liquidators. Now, flooring, it's a top question on our show, so we know this is a project that many of you are about to take on. You can get a little help with this kit. It includes a hammer, spacers, measuring tape, dust mask, hobby knife, chalk line, and a reel. You name it. If you need it, to put in a floor, it's in there. It's got $60 worth of tools and products all together. But if you get on the air with us this hour, it could be yours for free. So pick up the phone and call us with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. Yeah, maybe you guys are thinking about taking on an expansion project, or maybe you want to finish up a space in your house because you're probably running out of room. I know a lot of us just, you know, are staying put, so we're accumulating things and just really running out of space to store things and spaces to live. So if that sounds like you, you might want to consider looking below your first floor. You know, finished basements are a great way to create a home office, a home theater, a playroom, a guest room pretty much any room that you can think of. And right now, they even qualify for a tax credit. Now, the main thing to remember when you're finishing your below-grade space is that you have to keep it dry. So it's a good idea to make sure that all of your gutters are clear. And you might even want to look into gutter guards or some other way that you can, you know, permanently install something on top of the gutter to keep them clear or, you know, hiring a service or making sure you put it on your calendar and you do it yourself. But you want to keep your gutters clear. And you also want to have your downspouts deposit the water water away from your foundation and also make sure that the soil is graded away from your foundation. Once you've got that covered, you can think about finishing your basement and Owens Corning actually has a basement finishing system that I really like because it delivers some definite advantages over sort of the standard wood and drywall construction. It's even designed to reduce dampness, mold and mildew. And it's got very good thermal and acoustic insulation, so you'll have comfort and quiet all together. Um, the best part about the system, though, is that it goes together very, very quickly. It can give you a finished room in as little as about two weeks. If you want to see the Owens Corning Basement Finishing System, check out their website at owenscorning.com. Uh, and you can also get information about the $1,500 tax credit that's available right now if you finish your basement. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. If you call us right now about a basement finishing project or just about anything else, we would be happy to help. 
Debbie in Rhode Island needs some help keeping unwanted visitors out of a rental property. And we're not talking people here. We're talking ants. Welcome, Debbie. Hi. Um, we're just curious. Um, we're big, huge fans of While You Are Out. And Thanks. We have, we're renting a basement apartment, and we're getting some huge black ants in our house. We've had a lot of rain lately, and we are spreading, like, the foundation around side, but we're not sure what else we could be doing to get rid of the ants. There's a product called Termidor, T-E-R-M-I-D-O-R, that works really well for ants. It's something that has to be professionally applied. It's definitely not a do-it-yourself product. But the way it works is it's an undetectable bait. So the ants um, don't actually know that they're going through this stuff. They get it on their bodies. They take it back to the nest, and they pass it from insect to insect, and it completely wipes out the nest. It's a much more effective way of controlling both ants and termites. There's an application for termites as well uh, than any of the over-counter products, which typically people end up over-spraying, over-applying, and that could be uh, very unsafe. So I would call a pest control operator or a pest control company and have them apply Termidor to take care of that carpenter ant problem once and for all because they can do quite a bit of wood damage and they could cause structural problems in the future. Okay. Debbie, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Dan in Oregon is dealing with some squeaky floors. Tell us what's going on. Well, I, I've got this hallway in the house is about thirty five years old and. Uh, the only place in the house where you walk where where it squeaks all the time is this particular hallway down to the bedrooms. The bedroom rooms themselves don't squeak when you walk on them. The bathroom floor, it doesn't squeak. It's just this particular hallway. And uh, I'm thinking about uh, tearing up the carpet and putting new carpet in, but I need to find out what I should do. Uh, it's subflooring, two by six with uh, pressed plywood on top of it. All right, well, two two options. Are you thinking about putting new carpet in now? Yes. Okay, good. So here's what I want you to do. When you pull up the old carpet, you're going to find that that subfloor was nailed down to the floor joist. What I want you to do is to screw it down to the floor joist. You're going to use long, case-hardened drywall screws. You can drive those in with a drill driver or a screwdriver, and that's going to pull that floor in tight to the floor joists and make those squeaks go away. The noise that you're hearing are either the tongue and grooves of the boards rubbing together if you have tongue and groove plywood subfloor or or particle board subfloor or even wafer board, or you're hearing the nails as they pull in and out of the floor joists. So if you put screws in and, and pull that floor down really tight, that makes it absolutely silent. Now there's a way to drive a nail through carpet and do this and it works pretty good, but it's not mm-hmm. nearly as good as screwing the whole floor down. So because you're in the middle of a carpet replacement project, once that carpet's up in all of the rooms, because you know as soon as you put the carpet down, even in those rooms that were fine, they're going to start squeaking. <laughs> Screw the entire floor down. It'll take you a couple of hours, and it's well worth it. Just, again, do it with a drill driver. Real easy to do, and the best way to stop your squeaks. Is there a particular type of screw well, it depends on the on the thickness, but I would probably use like a two and a half inch drywall screw. A drywall, not uh, okay. Not, yeah, a drywall uh, screw. You put it in. You put a, they work a, for everything. a drill driver bit in your power drill, and you drive it in. No work involved. All right. Okay. I'll give it a shot. 
All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. It will work. I tell you, though, those types of projects are like the worst on your back. If you've ever done that in like a big room, it makes you want to get, I've seen, or maybe I've dreamt this, I swear I've seen a drill driver that's, you know, sort of on a stick. Yeah, yeah, you have. You have. Uh, it has. There's an attachment to a drill driver where it auto feeds the screws, and you're right. It's like a long sort of yeah, snout so you can do that it goes standing off. Up. Yeah, so you can do standing up. Because mm-hmm. exactly I've installed correct. planking, you know, or decking on a deck, yep. you know, many decks, and like halfway through those projects, you're like, oh man, my aching back. <laughs> That's right. Well, good. I'm glad I didn't dream it up. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Susan in Tennessee needs help with a stucco project. What can we do for you? Yes, Leslie, I have a 1920s Tudor cottage, brick and stucco, and we are (laughs) scraping and trying to figure out what to use to patch and paint this stucco. What kind of condition is the stucco in right now? Is it structurally intact, Susan? Most of it is. It it actually was built in 1920, so we have some bits out, but mm-hmm. it's it's in pretty good shape. Um, it's just that in the old paint is kind of chipped up, and I yeah. thought, there must be something better. Well, uh, if the stucco was in construction shape in 1920, I would imagine it still is, because that was a great year for this type of construction. Um, what I would do is I would try to abrade off as much of the old paint as possible, wire brush. You're doing it the right way. It's no easy way to do this. You know, it's a lot of hard work. But you don't want to leave any loose paint on because you can't put good paint over bad paint. It's just going to peel. What I would do is after I got it as clean as possible, I would assess the condition of the structure. If there's any fine cracks, you want to caulk those with a paintable caulk. And then I would prime the entire surface. I would take the time to prime it because whatever you have in terms of old paint, it's going to neutralize that. It's going to give you a good adhesion of the top color coat. So I would prime it. And then I would use a good house paint over that. Now, if you do this right, and because it's, it's stucco and it's not as organic as wood, uh, your paint job can last you a good 10 years. Well, it, it only looks to have about three different colors under it. Well, now you're <laughs> so going to have a very consistent look. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So we will, we will approach it that way. <laughs> All right, Susan. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Heading over to New York to chat with Dan about a boiler. What can we do for you today? Hi, how are you? Good, and you? Well, not too good. I, I need a new boiler. Right, right. Okay. And right now I have oil heat, mm-hmm. but I have a propane hot water heater. Okay. And I was thinking, this, since I'm going to change over anyhow, should I go totally to propane? And I was wondering what your opinion might be, you know, with the cost of oil, um, whether it's whether I should go completely to propane, or is there some site I can go to to compare is, prices? Between is natural gas and not an option for you, Dan? No, it's not in the area, no. Hmm. You're sure about that? Nothing's changed, huh? Yeah, I called the uh, local gas company, and okay. they, they said there's no lines in that area. All right. Well, you know, I think that oil and propane are going to be comparably comparatively priced. Um, the good news about the fact that you need a boiler is that they've never been more efficient, and you'll be able to purchase one now that's, like, super efficient and use mm-hmm. a lot less oil. But I'm not sure that it would be a good idea to put all of your apples in the propane basket if you have an option. All right. Well, I appreciate your opinion. All right, Dan. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Well, one of my favorite tools is my drill. You know, it gets a lot of use, and I bet yours does too. Now, the cool thing is that this popular tool gets better all the time. So from drills to drivers, we're going to have the latest innovations next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. It is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we love our tools around the Money Pit. And one of the most popular ones to have in your tool chest is a power drill. It's definitely one of the handiest tools to have on hand. But it's the working end of that drill that really counts. <laughs> That's right. You know, a lot of people forget, but it's the drill bit that actually does all the work. So with us to review the best assortment to have on hand for your house is a guy who knows an awful lot about that topic and so many more. We've got Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Hey, it's our pleasure to have you back, Tommy. And, you know, you got a lot of tools. And, uh, yeah, uh, I have a few. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that watch the show that get tool envy by seeing everything that you get to play with uh, every day on the program. Uh, let's talk a bit about power drills. If you don't have one and you want to buy one, what's your advice for how to find the best one for your particular situation? Well, it depends on really what you're going to do. I mean, if you're going to be drilling a lot of holes, sometimes an electric drill really works out well. If you're going to drill big holes and you're in a tight spaces, right-angle drills make a huge difference. They've got a lot of power, and they won't uh, knock you off your ladder if you're up in high spots. But uh, cordless drills today with the lithium batteries, uh, they really work great. They pack a punch uh, as long as you're not drilling holes that are too, too big. Mm -hmm. And they're so lightweight, so it really does help if you're working for a long period of time. Exactly. You always have a spare battery, though. Yet charged and ready to go, not just blank in your case. <laughs> Many times I've gone halfway through a hole and ran out of a charge, so I end up having to get the electric one. But. See, it even happens to the experts. All right, yep. let's talk about the working end of the uh, the drill, the drill bit. Now, there's a lot of drill bits out there. I think people don't realize um, the very wide variety of bits there are available, and the choice really comes down to the particular job you want to tackle, doesn't it? Oh, sure. There's twist drills, there's brad point twist drills, there's spade bits or Forstner bits, there's, you know... Uh, it, there's a twist drill with a uh, screw shank on the on the tip that will help pull the drill in through the hole. Uh, really depends on what you're doing and and how fast you want to drill that hole. Is there a basic set that you should sort of keep on hand? You know, a go-to bit, or do you really need to be specific to the project? Well, basically, you can have a nice set of twist drills. I would recommend a good quality because there's there's some cheap ones and there's some there's some good ones. The twist drill can be used in steel or wood. Uh, a good one uh, will hold up better. A, a cheap set can break pretty easily. They get they they kind of brittle. Um, and then if you're you're dealing with wood and you like twist drills, they actually have a, a little cutting edge around the perimeter of the nose with a little tip on it that helps 
guide it through. It's like a, they call it a brad point drill. Now, what about spade bits? Uh, these are flat bits that uh, work very well with very wide holes. What I like about spade bits is that I find them very easy to sharpen with uh, a, a small file. Absolutely. You can definitely resharpen a spade bit. They've, uh, they've come out with the newest spade bits today where they actually have the, that hex head that you can snap into a quick release, a, a, a screwdriver attachment on your drill. Uh, they're great for extending and getting into hard-to-get places, really long ones, short ones, wide ones. I mean, I, I use three different sizes today. When we were setting some sills, I, have the, I drilled my big hole first for the washers and then the small hole for the, uh, for the anchor bolts on the sills. And they, they just they drill fast and they're quick. Mm-hmm. And some people might call those paddle bits as well, right? Exactly. Now, what about a hole saw? I mean, they're, they're pretty cool-looking tools, and if used correctly, you can really make some amazing-sized holes in whatever you're working on. Oh, absolutely. You can put recessed lights in them with a 6- or a 7-inch hole saw. You can drill holes in cabinets for plumbing. Uh, you know, I mean, they, and you can get different types for wood, metal, or even uh, stone. And uh, they're fantastic, but again, you want to make sure you hold on to yourself if you're using a big one because <laughs> they can they can throw you around. They the the idea is for the bit to spin, not you. Exactly. exactly. Tom Silver from TV's This Old House. Great advice. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure. To catch more of Tom and the entire This Old House team, including information on their current project, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement project. Dee in South Carolina has a problem with the sidewalk. What's going on? We have a holly tree, about 18 years old, probably around 10 inch in diameter. And it it sits between the garage, corner of the garage, and the sidewalk. And it's pushing up our sidewalk about an inch where the where they've cut it, you know, when they pour the concrete and there's yep. a cut. And we've got to do something because somebody's going to trip. Well, the only thing that you can do in a situation like this is you're going to have to break out the concrete, dig down and cut out some of the roofs, some of the roots, and then re-pour that piece of the sidewalk. Now, if the sidewalk is in sections, say it's got three-foot sections or something like that. It is in sections. Well, you may actually be able to pull them up one section at a time and not have to actually break them up permanently. You may be able to break them out into the three-foot-by-three-foot sections, get a couple of the sections out, dig down, go to work on those roots. But I will warn you, Dia, that you're only really buying yourself some time here. Those roots are going to continue to fill in. They'll continue to push it up. If you take the sidewalk apart and you cut it down and you do a real good job, you know, you might be able to buy yourself, say, three or four years, but eventually you're going to have to do it again. So what's the... It's such a pretty tree. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get rid of the tree. It's just something that's going to need some upkeep. Yep, exactly. And I think you'll find that you can take out a fair amount of those roots without affecting the tree. Okay. I guess that's what we'll try and do then. That's the solution, dear. All right, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Not only will we do our best to answer your home improvement or your home repair question right here on the fly, 
you will automatically be entered into our prize drawing because this hour we are giving away a DIY installation starter kit courtesy of Lumber Liquidators. Flooring is one of the most popular questions on our show, so we know it's a project that many of you are doing, and this kit can definitely help. That's right. You're going to get a little help with this kit that includes a hammer, spacers, measuring tape, dust masks, hobby knife, chalk line, reel, you name it. If it's got anything to do with installing a floor, chances are it's in this kit. It's got $60 worth of tools and products, but you can get yours for free if you get on the air with us this hour. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Rich in Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, we've uh, acquired some property that is a lakefront property. Lovely. uh, Yeah, we're excited about it. Uh, It has not been maintained well over the last eight or ten years, and there's quite a bit of soil erosion on the shore. Okay. And uh, what we're looking for is we're going to build some kind of a seawall. We're thinking of doing it ourselves, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure what the best kind of wood is. I've done a little bit of research, and I know there's the treated woods, and then there's the woods that are the plastic reconstructed plastics, and they've got covered woods and cedar, and I just, economically, we need to go fairly cheap, mm-hmm. but we also want something that's going to last. Well, pressure-treated wood would sort of be the, the wood of choice for this type of a retaining wall. There are different types of pressure-treated lumber that are used in this sort of assembly. Um, what you're talking about is making what's called a bulkhead, and there's actually sort of a very uh, special mill for this that's, uh, let me think, it's about 2 by 8 or 3 by 8. It's a very thick, heavy board, and it's tongue and groove. So that after the structure is assembled, these go side by side. They lock together, and that's what actually uh, serves as the retaining wall that separates the soil from the water. So I think pressure-treated would be the way to go because there's an awful lot of labor associated with this project, and you want to choose a good quality material so you don't have to repeat it any time in the near future. Uh, and speaking of the labor, I will also warn you, uh, Rich, that there's uh, a lot of specialized equipment that is typically used in constructing these walls in order to get the pilings and the structural parts of this down as deep as they possibly can be so that the wall does not move. So I'm not sure that this is a do-it-yourself project, and you may want to think about talking to a pro before you dig right in if you want it to last. Okay, well, I do have a brother-in-law with an excavating company, so that could come in handy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, brother-in-laws are always good for something like that, right? (laughs) And you know what, Rich, you might want to also just check with your town and the the Department of Environmental Protection, because even though there is an existing wall bulkhead there, because you have to change it and change the materials, there might be some forms or some changes that have happened, and you don't want to get in trouble on the backside without doing your homework and, you know, before you jump into the project. So just make sure you check with all of the proper authorities to make sure that you don't need any sort of paperwork to get this work done. Great. Thank you much. Marie in Rhode Island needs some help in the kitchen. What can we do for you today? Um, listen, I was wondering, I can't find anything that will clean all the grease and gunk off my walls mm-hmm. in my cabinet. Okay. And I was wondering maybe if you know something real good that, you know, I could use. Um, are you familiar with a product called Simple Green? No. It works very well, widely distributed, um, uh, environmentally friendly, works on cabinets, uh, works on glass, works on mirrors, works on walls. Um, That's probably a good first step. If you find that the grease or the dirt is so thick 
that you need something heavier, then I would tell you to use TSP. This is something that you use, like, for example, if you have, like, smoke on the walls and that sort of thing. TSP stands for trisodium phosphate. It's available oh. at hardware stores and home centers, and yeah, you can like mix it up. it's like a paint prepping product. Yeah, oh, really. TSP? TSP, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I would start with the easy stuff first. Simple Green works really well. Oh, well, that's good. I'm going to try that then. Okay. If it works that good. Okay, and listen, thank you very much, and I listen to your show every weekend. Well, thank you very much. I enjoy listening to both of you. All right, thank you. Have a great day. Okay, bye. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, if you are putting off window replacement because of budget restrictions, we all have a few of those. We've got some tips that may help you change your mind. This is the home improvement project that will bring you an immediate return on your investment. We'll have that info after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com and also online at facebook.com slash themoneypit. Send us your question via Facebook. Send us your question via moneypit.com. Just send us your question like Janine did. All right. And Janine writes, do you have to replace the entire window to include the frame in order to qualify for the federal energy efficiency tax credit? We have wood window frames and there's nothing wrong with the frames, but a number of the window panes need to be replaced because the seals have broken. Well, no, that would be a replacement window, right? Well, I think she's just thinking that she can extract just the panes itself. And I'm sorry, And I know it's going to be a pain, but it won't be covered by the tax credit. And here's why. The tax credits um, are, the requirement of the tax credit is that the entire window has to meet certain performance guidelines, which include the glass, which includes the infiltration, and includes uh, a whole bunch of criteria. And just simply replacing the panes themselves, or even if they're thermal panes, will not qualify you for the tax credit. So you may have to think about doing the whole thing. Yeah, because I think when she says frame, she means like the operable part, which would be a replacement window, correct? Well, no, I mean, you really have to take the whole thing out. Okay. Yeah. All right. I hope that helps, Janine. All right. Next, we've got one from Richard in Nebraska who writes, My 1953 ranch has only six inches of blown-in insulation. What pitfalls do I need to watch out for when adding insulation up to the current standards? Well, it's a hot place to work. It's a small place to work. <laughs> and remember the age-old rule, walk on wood. <laughs> that means be very careful when you operate up there. But, I mean, seriously, if you've got a 1953 house with only six inches of insulation, I bet you it started out to be like eight inches of insulation and sagged down. What I would do is I would actually remove all that old compressed insulation because it's really not doing you any good. The only way insulation works, Richard, is if it traps air. So it's got to be kind of fluffy and light. If it's not like that, it's just not going to do the job. So I would recommend that you pull out the existing insulation. And then what you're going to need is up to about 19 inches of bad insulation. Or if you go back with blown in, you need about 22 inches. Now, the blown in can be easier to install, but of course, it's harder to uh, to work up in that space. If you need to, say, do some storage work or any of that sort of thing, you can't really you know, get around when you have that much 
blown-in insulation. And the other thing to do is to make sure that you couple the additional insulation with additional ventilation, because if you don't vent the attic, the insulation's not going to work properly. If insulation gets 2% damp, it loses about one-third of its R value, which is its resistance to heat loss, and that means it's just not going to work. So you want to make sure you add ventilation and insulation to make sure that the house is warm, it's safe, it's dry, and it's ready to really save you some energy, both in the summer and in the winter. And that's why now is a good time to start thinking about this, because as soon as it gets cooler, well, that's the time to get up there and do the job. Now, does adding the insulation in any way qualify for the federal tax credit? Because you're making the home, in essence, energy efficient. Excellent point. And in fact, yes, it does. So you could also get some of that expense paid for. Remember, though, you have to get it done before the end of the year. If you don't do it before the end of the year, it won't be covered. For more tips on how to insulate your house, head on over to our website at moneypit.com. There's an entire section there devoted to saving energy. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, keep all the documentation, all of your receipts, how much you purchased, maybe even include a before and after picture just so you have all of the process of the project so that when you're trying to apply for the tax credit, you've got all those questions answered and there won't be any problems. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You can pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question. If we are not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. We promise. I'm Tom (laughs) Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.